Hey, Texas Values friends, Jonathan Sines here, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you today. Goodness, have you had a chance to let it sink in that Roe versus Wade has been overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court? I have hardly stopped. I've hardly slept. Uh, it's been a lot of activity, and I'm not complaining. Uh, a lot of rejoicing, but a lot of also doing the best we can to communicate with people about what's going on, what the status of the law is, what all this means, and maybe a little bit of time to celebrate. I mean, when lives are being saved, that is something to rejoice in and celebrate. So we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to have a live conversation that we want you to be a part of as far as watching, share this, like it, put it into some groups. You can put some comments on our Facebook page. We've got a member of our team that's monitoring that and let us know what you think. And, and if there are questions you're trying to figure out, that's the purpose of this discussion. We're going to talk a little bit about the U.S. Supreme Court case. We're going to talk a little bit about what the status of the law is as it relates to abortion in the state of Texas, and maybe a little bit about what's happened since Friday. There have been some things that have happened that are notable in that matter as it relates to this issue. And so we have been getting some people asking us questions about, you know, what's the status of the law in Texas? Or what about this? Or how does this work or whatever? So we want to do our best to answer some of that and also give you some good information um, and I might be, you know, a little bit different than some. I've got I got a lot of phone calls and texts over the weekend with a lot of people excited, but also thinking about this more than they have probably in the past and maybe members of their family and friends asking questions. And so we're going to try to sort all that out. And while we're doing that, we hope that you'll find reason to support us financially with a tax deductible donation to Texas Values. As our fiscal year in is coming up tomorrow by midnight, June 30th, we've got to wrap up our books for our fiscal year. We still have some bills to pay, if you will, because of the great work you're helping us do. But you can make that donation at txvalues.org as we're having this conversation. But as I said, a lot to take in, to digest, um, you know, in a busy time since Friday, right? I'm, I'm trying to remember what day it is. I mean, because it just seems like things have been really rolling. And we had a great victory on Monday, a Supreme Court victory for football prayer. We were involved in supporting that case. This is Coach Kennedy, who was fired. This is a coach who kneeled on the 50-yard line after a football game on his own, voluntary prayer. Other people started to join after time. He ended up getting fired for that practice. The U.S. Supreme Court said, that is incorrect. Penalty flag was thrown, if you will. And there was a touchdown for prayer for voluntary prayer and something for all football coaches and other uh, athletics coaches to think about. But we submitted a legal amicus brief in support of that. The main entity supporting Coach Kennedy is Kelly Shackelford's group, First Liberty Institute. You may know Kelly Shackelford is a board member of Texas Values. We're very proud of him and the work that his team has been able to do. But we want to focus on the life issue. And, you know, look, I, it, when in doubt, um, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. And so that means for the state of Texas that the Supreme Court no longer decides this issue. Okay, that's just top line. What did that decision mean? It means now the power goes back to the people to decide this in that an abortion is not a constitutional right. And we're going to get into some more details, but that's the big picture. States like Texas, where there are pro-life laws that already exist or that we were prepared to have them exist if Roe versus Wade is overturned, you're going to see a complete ban on abortion or states like Texas. Roe versus Wade is a Texas case. It came from Texas. We had laws in place before that. That means those laws go back into effect or they can be acknowledged and used. And that's where we are um, in a large way in the state of Texas. And so we'll get into a little bit more detail 
And you see uh, on the, the different windows here, we got different members of our team. And later in this broadcast, we're going to have our two interns that are going to participate with us today because they've been doing some great work and they're right in the middle of helping us make history. But let's start with our director of policy, Jonathan Covey. We just put a blog post up about this to update people and hopefully Marie from our team can put that here into the chat or on the Facebook comment section. But Covey, let's talk about the law in Texas as it relates to the issue of life. Where do we stand now that Roe versus Wade is overturned? Yeah, Jonathan, well, the court explicitly said in their opinion that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. While they also said on the question of abortion, the Constitution is neither pro-life nor pro-choice. So according to the Supreme Court of Texas, the Constitution is neutral towards abortion. Now, facing this reality, a number of states with trigger laws, which are, are bans designed to take effect when Roe is overturned, these have already completely banned abortion in some states. Other states have ongoing litigation. Here in Texas, Attorney General Paxson put out an advisory uh, the day that the decision came out and said that prosecutors can choose to immediately pursue criminal prosecutions against those seeking abortions. But then we saw in the media where some were saying that abortion may be still legal temporarily. So what's the truth? What is the truth? Is abortion illegal in Texas? And the, and the answer is yes, abortion is illegal. The Texas Heartbeat Act became effective on September 1st, 2021. It makes abortions illegal in Texas once a heartbeat can be detected. And this can be down as early as five to six weeks. The other question is, since Roe v. Wade is overturned, why isn't abortion illegal before five weeks? Well, the answer is it can, and it will be. The Human Life Protection Act was passed last year. It'll go into effect 30 days after the Supreme Court <coughs> issues an official judgment, which is generally about 30 days after the opinion comes out. So we're looking at maybe 60 days out from Roe v. Wade being overturned, that abortions in Texas will be illegal from the moment of fertilization, and anyone who violates it could be held criminally liable. Well, look, and this is important, right? I mean, and the Attorney General has made it clear, right? As the status is right now, abortions are illegal in the state of Texas because of the use of the pre-Roe statutes, right? And, and so any district attorney can choose right now to enforce that. We heard that abortion clinics were saying they weren't going to do any abortions at all. Then there was a lawsuit filed um, on Monday in Houston. They had an immediate hearing and then a judge ruled to some effect, or at least trying to purport to, to rule that abortions can be allowed and they were going to strike down the enforcement of these pre-Roe statutes. But I mean, that doesn't make sense at all. I mean, the U.S. Supreme Court has already overturned Roe versus Wade. That means any restrictions on the use of the pre-Roe statutes um, is void. And so, I mean, and I know the attorney general's appealed this. This is going to get all sorted out very soon. These are just desperate measures that they're involved in. And there's no basis in law. And so, um, but not surprised to see some of them, uh, some abortion entities try to do this and, you know, some friendly judge. But it, if it had any effect, and I don't think it does, it certainly would be limited to the Harris County area and the entities that sued, even though I still think it doesn't disrupt our current status of the law, that you could make the argument and prosecute that abortions are illegal based on pre-row statutes. Um, speaking of the abortion clinics, let's talk about the other side of this equation, though, um, or, or we will in just a minute on how this is impacting pregnancy centers. But before we do that, Speaking on where the status of the laws in Texas, a lot of other states are grappling with this as well. Some already had some pro-life laws in the books. Some move very quickly to get them on the books. I want to bring in Arena Gross Sue from our team, who is in the D.C. area and stays 
pretty well connected and involves and active with national pro-life groups and efforts. Arena, what are we seeing in other parts of the country? Jonathan, so right now there are about 10 states that have already uh, immediately stopped abortions, and that includes Arkansas, Alabama, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Oklahoma, South Dakota, Utah, and as Jonathan Covey and yourself mentioned, Texas. Um, and actually the Mississippi, the last abortion facility in Mississippi will close within a few days, although it is moving its facility to New Mexico. Now there are an additional five states where uh, pro-life laws will kick in within 30, 45 days. So in Idaho, um, it'll go into effect uh, in late August, North Dakota in the next 30 days. And now Ohio's heartbeat law now protects babies after six weeks. So the injunction that was on their heartbeat law has been lifted. I, and- I wanna stop you for just a second there, cause that is critical. There were some court cases that were already going on that had stopped pro-life, from go- pro-life laws from going into effect. But because really the major basis of those rulings was the Roe versus Wade court case and precedent, now that that case is no longer good law and has been reversed, that's allowing lawyers to go back into court in those states and say, hey, we want to file a motion for this to be reconsidered or however they need to word it in their state, but for the issue to be looked at, and now those laws can go into effect that were um, really sort of on hold, if you will. Yeah, and that's a, that's that's the case in Ohio as well as Tennessee. It also had a six-week heartbeat law, which uh, now has been, the injunction has been lifted as the, there as well. And so it'll go into effect by mid-August as well. And um, Wyoming's full pro-life protections are going to go into effect in the next 30 days as well. So that'll be 15 states and counting. We will be looking at also... Uh, setting up um, pro-life centers, especially in, in, in states where um, they're going to push abortions more, New Mexico, California, New York, et cetera. So uh, we'll be looking at that as well. But these are the states that have responded right away, whether with the pre-Roe statutes or um, laws that are now in effect because Roe has been um, undone. Well, look, and unfortunately, there's there's been a lot of ugliness. Um, there's been threats. You still have this group, Jane's Revenge, that has been incredibly hostile, still uh, it appears uh, responsible or involved or supporting or or resulting in uh, churches and pregnancy centers and others being attacked, being defaced, uh, graffiti, all kinds of ugliness with a lot of threats to harm people that are written out in spray paint. And so hopefully, um, you know, some people will calm down a little bit. And, you know, I heard one of the, I don't know who was in Congress sort of suggest that, um, you know, we need to have the, I mean, the Supreme Court building needs to be burned down and we, you know, we need to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm like, they've already spoken. I mean, this is it. That This case is over. Okay. This issue is not going to be revisited. But I think one of the bigger messages too, that's out there, and it's important for people to understand, as far as the role of the Supreme Court in this decision, they have said, we're not involved, as you mentioned, that means the people get to decide. That's what the Supreme Court is so if you're concerned about the status of your law in your state, that means, you you know, that's a that's an issue that's more relative to what's happening there, not because of the U.S. Supreme Court. And I think that's something that um, a lot of people are not going to want to uh, to really be in touch with because they're having to now live in this world where the states get to decide, the people get to decide. 
and people start thinking are going to think a little bit more about their personal actions and issues of personal responsibility. And all of that relates to thinking about, I hope, the humanity and the existence of a human child in the womb. I'm going to go with Mary Elizabeth, our team. Let's talk about how this is impacting or what this means for the pregnancy centers, a lot of support that's out there from the state of Texas, how they're trying to lead on that side. And you were at an event when all of this was unfolding over the weekend, this pro-life women's event, which I'm sure had to be a really exciting environment when the news was coming down on Friday and since then on Roe versus Wade getting overturned. Yeah, you're right. It was definitely like a shock and a dream on uh, Friday whenever we heard at the event uh, that Roe v. Wade had been overturned. You know, that's kind of the goal of the conference every year that we're all working uh, to have that uh, Roe v. Wade decision be ended and be done with. But the conference started in the afternoon. And so as people were setting up their booths for their pregnancy resource centers, for their national pro-life organizations, they basically had to stop right there and do a Facebook Live of the update of the decision from the Dobbs v. Jackson case coming down. So it was a really exciting time. Um, it was also fitting that the very first keynote speaker at the conference was a woman who used to perform abortions uh, for Kermit Gosnell, if you're familiar with that abortionist. And she was just so overjoyed that she broke out into song and sang Amazing Grace because she was just so overjoyed that, you know, we have basically are done with this terrible decision that had confused women into thinking that they had a right to kill their unborn baby. And so it was just an exciting time to be amongst pro-life women, um, just a lot of tears and a lot of joy at that conference, but a lot of discussion about what we're going to do next. So it wasn't just celebration, it was about planning for the next steps. And like I mentioned Sunday in my speech, you know, Texas didn't leave women without a life preserver when we signed the Texas heartbeat law. In the very same session uh, that we passed the Texas heartbeat law and passed a law that would give us belts and suspenders when Roe was overturned, we actually attributed $100 million uh, to the Alternatives to Abortion program. Now that program has been enacted since 2006, um, and we have increased that funding ever since. But to have $100 million, that's a lot of money, and that's going to almost 300 pregnancy resource centers who don't just give you diapers and send you on your way. Uh, these pregnancy resource centers are giving counseling. Uh, they're giving health advice. They're telling you how to raise your child, giving motherhood classes. Um, they help you with job training. Sometimes they give you financial help, financial counseling, and they even give classes to fathers to help them get involved as well. So Texas is definitely leading the way and making sure that we're protecting these babies even after they're born. We do care about the baby after she is born and we treasure the life of the mother and the child and even the entire family. And so we have those resources in our state. But like you said earlier, Jonathan, it's going to take work to make sure that they can do what they need to do. So protecting them from all these physical attacks, but protecting them from legal attacks as well. Uh, there was one woman who uh, made a comment during my presentation. She's from Tennessee and her PRC is being forced to adopt SOGI laws and she has to 
uh, be forced to recognize gender identity in order to receive alternatives to abortion funding in her state. So it's very important that we protect these PRCs, that they can do the work that they need to do, and we can lead to a pro-life America and a pro-life Texas. No, look, and I think there are a lot of people that are involved in this conversation now or are listening or thinking about it that weren't before. It wasn't an impact in their lives. A lot of people felt like the Roe versus Wade decision and as it relates to that was settled. We know in the state of Texas, though, there's been a lot of conversations over the past nine months or so because the Texas heartbeat law has been in, a, in uh, has been in effect. But I still think until Roe versus Wade was overruled, there are probably a lot of people that just hadn't thought about it as much. But now they're thinking about it. Now we can tell them, here's how you can get resources. Here, here's how you can get support. We've got a great website set up, texasheartbeatlaw.com. Has got links there to the pregnancy resource centers to learn more about the funding that's available and how all that works. Over 300 nonprofit pregnancy centers across the state of Texas that are designed to serve the needs of the babies and the mothers. And we're hoping most, more states will start to do this but um, we're going to see that need, I'm sure, grow, as you would expect. 50,000 abortions before every year in the state of Texas, that number is going to end. And so you're, you would expect there'll be more babies that will be born and likely more women looking for help. And we're here to help meet those needs. And, and I think that's going to continue to be important for people to realize that no woman stands alone. No baby is going to be alone now that we're in a post-row America in Texas. So texasheartbeatlaw.com. And if you're watching in another state and you want to know, well, what about my state? We've got a great website that we're partnering with. It's called afterrow.com. And that's a national organization that we're working with that set up a website. So whatever your state you're in, you can find out what resources are available and how you can get help. And so um, I do want to bring uh, some special guests in and then we'll go back around the horn with our team one last time and talk about these things. And I'm sure I'll also make a plug for donating. Our fiscal year end is at the end, uh, is in a day and a half, okay? Uh, tomorrow, June 30th is the deadline for us to raise all the money to support the, the needs and the expenses that we had. It was an expensive week last week, you can imagine. Um, and so txvalues.org to check that out. And so I'm going to, uh, are they ready? All right, they're off screen now. But let's try to bring in Rebecca Bynan and uh, Lucia Hunt, who are serving as interns for Texas Values this summer. Very nice background, ladies. Rebecca, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give you um, the the first opportunity to talk about it since you're here in the office uh, and a little bit closer in proximity in our conference room. You started working with us, I don't know, has it been four weeks? Um, things were moving pretty quick already. There was a lot of buildup to the Supreme Court decision that we knew was gonna be coming. We didn't know what the result would be, even though we felt like we had a good idea. Um, and, and you've been working on some of the, the support for that, trying to get good information together to educate people. You've been some events. You even caught the tail end of some election work as you first got here. But um, first of all, just tell us what it's been like so far to uh, spend your time interning this summer with Texas Values. It's been amazing, you know, getting probably the highlight of interning at Texas Values was our June 1st pro-life event. That was yeah. celebrating nine months of the Texas heartbeat bill. It's fantastic that that just happened at the beginning of June, which feels so long ago, but less than a month later, the Dobbs decision was released or the opinion was released. And now getting to see the aftermath of that, when we were all kind of strategizing what's going to be next after the heartbeat bill, what's a post-row going to look like? And now we're actually in that. So it's been phenomenal. 
Yeah, and you've been very helpful. A lot of people are asking questions. You've been doing some great research, but also at events that we're having, having those conversations with people, right? So when they're asking questions about this issue, that issue, what they all mean. And so that's been tremendous. But look, I'm, you know, I would imagine a highlight of your summer is going to be when you look back is Friday. What was that like when, I mean, you know, we were, we were ready, sort of, right? You still just didn't feel like you were quite ready. Uh, but we were trying to do our best to prepare. What was it like for you when you heard the decision come down that Roe versus Wade was overturned? I mean, it was a great feeling, honestly. I think Planned Parenthood has been lying to women for so long, trying to make them believe that they have to choose between having a child or following their dreams. And I'm so proud to be a woman in America growing up, now knowing and being able to educate those younger than me and even those my same age and older than me that you don't have to choose between that. You can have a child and follow your dreams. And beyond that, there are so many countless people in this country that are so willing to adopt because of not having to have children on their own. So it's amazing. I'm beyond thrilled. Well, look, and just another reason of why you can see the support for Texas values is an investment that comes back to the people. We have interns every summer in different parts of the year. Your support helps us be in a position where we can have young folks work for us and get great experience for them. Um, one of our other interns, Lucia Hunt, is coming with us too. She has been right there alongside with Rebecca, providing tremendous support, being at a lot of events, having great conversations with people, and just a part of that engagement. What's your summer been like so far interning at Texas Values, Lucia? Well, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. Science. it's definitely be, been busy, but busy <laughs> is not a bad thing. It's a good busy. It's an exceptional amount of busyness because it's not just we're doing busy work. We're doing quality, valuable work, bringing those family values back into the great state of Texas because that's what makes Texas great. And I am very glad to know that I've had to play a small part in this wonderful thing and getting Roe overturned and getting these legislative priorities on the bill, on the ballot within the state of Texas. So I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved getting to know our supporters so far, being able to talk with people and having those good conversations. No, you're absolutely right. And look, that's what an internship's like with Texas Values. It's not, you know, sitting in the back of the room and, you know, holding a pen and a paper and, you know, just sort of taking notes and observing. We really do our best to try to get our interns involved in the work one way or another to be participating, to have an active role, to do research, to engage with folks, to have the conversations uh, so they can really leave the summer in a better position than when they started, have some experience to take forward and some real life experience. And you're right, it's been busy. I mean, June is a lot of times a busy month, but uh, this one was at a whole nother level, but for good reason. And so, you know, um, Lucia, you were a part of helping us prepare for Friday we were trying to decide what we were going to say and how we were going to respond and react and what to tell folks and, and just to be ready. But what was it like for you when you heard the news come down that one of the most historic cases ever had been decided? And as a result, the Roe versus Wade abortion decision from Texas was overruled. It was honestly a blessing being able to experience that entire thing. I was honestly just sitting there. I walked into work and I finally heard the news and I was ecstatic. I jumped up and down. I would consider myself pretty involved in the pro-life movement. So I actually started to have people thank me for the work I did. And they told me that this contributed to this great decision finally coming down. And to being told that at just 19 years old was amazing because this has been something that Americans have been praying and praying and praying for. 
And I'm so happy that now women and their children will be a lot safer in the hands of America. Well, look, and it's honest. I mean, it's the truth, Lucia. I mean, I know some of the work that you've done before you came to work for us. That's why we thought you'd be a great fit for spending time with us this summer. And and I think that's great, too, when people can acknowledge that, right? Whatever role that we've all played, it, it has mattered. You don't get to these places alone. One organization on its own does not lead it. I mean, even the, the the lawyers arguing before the U.S. Supreme Court, even though they're in that role at that moment, there's a lot that goes into it. And, and so I think it's great uh, that people can acknowledge that, can say nice things to you and for you to feel like, you know what, I did have a role in this and you absolutely did. Um, and so we appreciate you being a part of our work this summer. It's not over. We're not done in June as much as, um, you know, we may be. I'm, I'm going to take a little time off next week. But you might get a phone call from Rebecca and Lucia today because they are making phone calls, talking to our supporters, reminding them that our fiscal year deadline is uh, tomorrow, June 30th at midnight. We still have about $200,000 to raise so we can continue to do the effective work that we do for pro-life, religious freedom, and marriage and family. So thanks for all that you're doing, Lucia. So, okay, I'm going to go back around the, the horn with the team, just some um you know, kind of 30 second comments, uh, if you will, about um, and look, we're, we're doing a little bit of reflection, reflection um, about the work and the substance. But these issues are personal to me. I'm going to go back in reverse order if I can bring Mary Elizabeth back in because um, she's sharing some uh, studio space with Rebecca, I believe. Um, so, Mary Elizabeth, let's let's get personal for a minute when your video comes back on. So, look, everyone that's a part of our team that comes here is without question 100% pro-life. And so, in Roe versus Wade has been that obstacle. What was it like for you when you heard that Roe versus Wade had been overturned? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, just growing up as a 90s kid, you just don't never really hear of abortion not being an option. You know, I grew up hearing it as something that's taboo, but unfortunately, people in the church still did. Um, and then it became this full blasted thing where people tell you that abortion is an option, where taking another life should be an option for you to succeed in life. And just being someone who believes really core at my being of God and his design and just believing in civil rights and that being something I've always wanted to fight for. I've never would have thought that I would be on this side um, fighting for this issue and to have that opportunity to be where I was when that news broke. Um, I was actually in an Uber earlier that day and I just thought that, you know, it'd be very strange for me to cry in this Uber because then the, for the Uber driver to not know what's going on, but to just have one piece of part, which I feel like I probably did nothing at all for this to happen, but just pray for it. It's just a blessing to see that our country is turning to a recognition of something that's been unjust, um, that's been a violation to civil rights that we have just ignored for so long, for 50 years. Um, but we finally come to that point in our nation where at least our Supreme Court recognizes that um, this was not a right. This was a denial of a right, the ultimate right to life. And, you know, I just became kind of pessimistic and sure. just never thought I would see the day. Um, but I remember I had a 
pro, pro not a pro-life but a constitutional law professor who i'm not even sure what his beliefs were but he said in law school um and he's no longer with us unfortunately that he would, saw that row would end and i thought you know maybe it is possible if he said it you know and that's been about a few years ago or seven years ago but to see that day to see our country turn um, it just shows that what God can do, um, and we're just on the right step in our country. But, you know, to think that I'm here talking about it, you know, I don't think there's anything that makes me qualified, except for the fact that I just really believe that, you know, this is a profound step in civil rights. It's a profound step in our country, and it's just a profound step, you know, for the people of God. These are the times and the cases that the next wave of law students and undergrad, they're gonna be reading about, like you and I did when we read about these cases before, when we were law students, right? Thinking about what might happen. Now they're gonna be writing about and learning about Dobbs v. Jackson as it relates to Roe versus Wade. It's absolutely historic. It's one of the most significant court decisions ever in American history. And look, if you want more details about what the status of the law is, go to our website. We just put up a blog post with some good detail there. People want to know, what's the law now? What do I do? People are asking me questions. I'd like to have a better idea of what's happening in my state. We've got that information for you. We also have our Heartbeat Law website, texasheartbeatlaw.com, so you can get the resources you need to get connected with pregnancy centers that are here to support and help women and stand by their side throughout this process as we would expect more babies being born now that abortion is illegal in the state of Texas as a result of our state laws and as a result of overturning Roe versus Wade. All right, I'm going to continue to go back in re reverse order. Um, and I just for a second, though, Mary Elizabeth, you made a comment about, you know, maybe the, the uh, small amount of role that you might have played or, or if at all. I don't think there's any question the work that we did public policy wise to advocate for the heartbeat law, to push the envelope, to 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 uh, excuse me, create a virtual complete ban on abortion in the state of Texas with a heartbeat law, because it's so early um, before you can detect a heartbeat anyway, it's virtual. It's almost impossible to know before that we helped move things in that direction. We took a um, we were strategic about it. We decided two years ago this is going to be a goal to be in the part of the process to overturn Roe versus Wade. Uh, so um, you are completely within your right to embrace all that and to take some credit for it. All right, I wanna bring Arena Grosu back in. Um, where were you? What was it like when you found out that Roe versus Wade was overturned? Well, I had hoped to be in DC at the Supreme Court. I didn't think it was going to come out on Friday. I was actually at a bioethics conference. Oh, you owe, you owe one of us lunch, right? <laughs> no, I was kidding. at a bio bioethics conference in, outside of Chicago, and I could not believe it. Uh, I have been involved in the pro-life movement since I was in high school. Actually, I remember being in eighth grade and being only, quote unquote, personally pro-life, uh, not really truly pro-life. But then I saw a video of an abortion in my ninth grade class, and that changed my heart and mind. And I started working really hard from that moment on um, to end abortion. I was out there when I was 16 at the Planned Parenthood in New Jersey. Um, I was uh, running Right to Life in high school and college and in my time in DC. And so to see this happen in my lifetime, we, we, we kept saying we, want, we will see Roe overturn in our lifetime, uh, but to actually have it happen was surreal. And um, it's just, I'm still, I'm still reeling from it, but I'm so, so excited about what the future 
has to bring for our nation, uh, for us to be a pro-life nation uh, is incredible. And obviously there's so many states that are fighting back and, and, and people who are protesting, but there is something that will happen in our country as a result of this decision. Not only the fact that millions of babies will have a chance at life and will survive uh, because, of, because of abortion, but once um, law changes, culture changes. And I think that what we will see is a, a greater culture of life in America. And I'm really looking forward to starting to build that even more now uh, because it will be necessary. No, absolutely. But I want to take the history back just a little bit so you can appreciate this. I'm sure you already do, but just to publicly acknowledge it before you worked for us. I mean, obviously, you did a lot of pro pro-life work over the years, as you described. But prior to working for us professionally, you were part of the Trump administration. I mean, I think it's well within people that are a, that have been a part of that administration to embrace and accept that they played a significant role. I mean, the President Trump ran on a big part of what he ran on was putting the right people on the U.S. Supreme Court. It was one of the first times in a speech I can remember a Republican president speaking so pro-lifely and suggesting I'm going to put people on the court that are going to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's exactly what he did. I mean, and Amy Coney Barrett, a lot of people felt like was the last one that would be in a position um, and necessary to have another justices, justice, excuse me, in order to do that. And we remember that playing out a lot during her confirmation hearing. And, you know, I thought that was certainly a direction of things. I thought it maybe came a little bit sooner than I would have expected because we've been waiting so long. I didn't want to get my hopes up, but you're a part of that administration that can take full credit or take a substantial amount of credit for creating this environment and having the right people on the Supreme Court that now could make a sensible decision and judgment. Um, yeah, I'm sure you had to reflect on that a little bit over the past well, week. Definitely. And one of the first uh, trending tweets uh, as soon as the Supreme Court decision came out was, thank you, President Trump. Yeah. And we can't forget that, that if it wasn't for President Trump, uh, honestly, this decision, I don't think it would, wouldn't have happened. So uh, there's so much to be said about who we who we vote in and uh, the, the types of uh, justices that um, get appointed to the Supreme Court and if they really, truly uh, defend the Constitution. And um, and so that's what we saw. So that was that was a huge win. Uh, and of course, you know, in my time at um, the U.S. Health and Human Services, we were protecting life that way too in, in medical conscience. And so um, in the Office for Civil Rights, the, uh, we launched the Conscience and Religious Freedom Division to protect the rights of medical professionals from having to be involved in abortions, sterilizations, um, and other types of services that go against their conscience. So uh, we were working uh, on the pro-life issue from various in, in various fronts, uh, but yeah. but yes, absolutely. Well, I tell you, it it's a lot easier to work on pro-life work now that Roe versus Wade is overturned, right? And and you see that playing out in Texas. I mean, the other side's already pushing back, but when you're you know when you're holding the ball, okay. Uh, you're in a lot better position to have control over how things are going. And that's, you know, one way to describe it. People have heard me say before, as I was taught in law school, the law is a teacher. What the law says is legal and not will have an impact on people's behavior. And you'll have more people that will be saying, you know what, maybe this isn't the right thing to do. And a lot of that's happened with technology advancing over time. People have gotten to learn more about the issue and the unborn child to appreciate it more 
And so, um, but to be in that legal standing that we are in Texas, to have Roe versus, to not have the issue being, you know, really kind of um, held by the Supreme Court. Now the people get to decide. And we've, I think a lot of people feel a little bit more control. And I think we feel like that's the only way that that life will continue to be validated. And, um, and we're such in a strong position now. All right, I'm going to go to Jonathan Covey. And while we're wrapping up some comments, don't forget, great opportunity to make that tax deductible donation for Texas Values by midnight, June 30th, tomorrow, we still have about $200,000 to raise so we can do the work that we're doing, like passing the Texas heartbeat law, like submitting a legal amicus brief, urging the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade, being at the U.S. Supreme Court in December when this case was being argued, having that public presence, doing media interviews, educating people, all that work. And someone who's been a part of that is our director of policy, Jonathan Covey, leading our efforts at the Capitol last session to pass the Texas Heartbeat Law and the Human Life Protection Act as well. All right, Mr. Covey, where were you? What was it like when you found out that the U.S. Supreme Court had overturned and struck down Roe versus Wade? Jonathan, I was sitting right here in this seat on my computer on the United States <laughs> Supreme Court's website waiting for the opinion to drop. That's right. You were our <laughs> scout. You were the designated scout. That's that was where, your that's duty. That's where I was in this in this whole scenario. And obviously I'm overjoyed, but the, the ladies do a much better job of, of reflecting. I want to reflect on what happens going forward because I think the immediate aftermath of this decision is likely to produce just a torrent of litigation. And, and I think that litigation is primarily going to be focused on challenging the good laws that have been passed and that are protective of life, like the trigger laws or laws that are, were already on the books and were enjoined or had fallen into disuse, and that they'll be available for enforcement again. So I think that's where the fight's going to go in the next few months. Um, beyond that, I think we have to be proactive in ensuring that all preborn babies are truly safe from abortion. We can't just proclaim that abortion is illegal now and trust the abortion industry and the leftist politicians to follow the law. We've got to extend the private civil enforcement tool, which Texas uh, Heartbeat Act was uh, made and was so massively effective. We've got to extend that to all future pro-life laws. In addition, we've got to further expand the alternatives to abortion program. We've got to pass legislation to safeguard pregnant and parenting college students from discrimination. And we've got to reform the adoption process and have yep. uh, let families have the resources that they need. And finally, I think we just can't be content with making abortions illegal. We have to make abortions unthinkable. And we have to make them unthinkable to the point that the gruesome reality is so terrible that it's terrible to even contemplate. We obviously have a lot of work to do on this front, so the fight continues. Oh, look, and, and the, there is work to do moving forward. The legislative session is about six months away. It starts in January of 2023. We're already doing prep work for our state election, uh, excuse me, our state legislative session. There are elections coming up in November. You know, the, the abortion supporters and, and all of their kind of industry, they're really fired up now and having sort of extra motivation to try to have an impact on these November elections. I don't think they're going to get a whole lot of mileage out of that, but I think it's something to not take for granted. Another reason for them to motivate to try to people to get out there with the motivation to say, we want to put pro-abortion people in office who will kill babies or support killing babies. And so um, I, I think they're going to have a difficult time doing that in Texas. They might, um, in other states, you might see a little bit more activity, but we're going to see it right here. I mean, the headquarters, what I believe is the biggest building that Planned Parenthood has is right here in Texas, in Houston, Texas, on the southeast side, where I grew up, right next to the University of Houston. 
um, you can see it and they're proud of it, right? I mean, they're, so they're going to fight and try to make an example out of what happens in Texas. And that's why we need to continue to be vigilant. We had a Lieutenant Governor at an event of ours yesterday. We were talking about this issue. We were talking with other state representatives about what our strategy can be to push back against these lawsuits, to let people know at the local level, to not be distracted by some of these rogue decisions by a judge, to be reminded of what the status of the law is so we can continue to, to protect babies. All right, I'm going to make my comment of what I was doing and where I was um, when this happened and, and close us out, um, I, look, uh, we had an idea of when this would be. We knew it had to be by June 30th, just the way the court usually works, possibly July 1st. Um, but I had a long week. Um, I was not feeling well throughout the week and just struggling with my energy and different things. But, you know, I knew I had to I had work to do. Right. So that's what you do. You, you know, get suited up and so on. And, and you just try to do the work and um, and continue to be. Uh, active. And so that's what I was doing when I woke up, but I, but I was feeling not a hundred percent of myself. And so um, I will confess, I don't do this every day. I don't, um, but I did, uh, should do it more often, but there I was kneeling next to my bed. I had just gotten off my knees from praying because I really felt like I was just not that strong and, and, uh, and needed that support. And really it was a chance for me to humble myself and say, you know, I'm not enough Lord. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to need you ever present, you know, more so than um, than maybe I've been asking uh, for this to all work out. And so right after that was when the news came down and and I felt very good that I had gotten, you know, just a little bit of moments of pause to reflect, but to humble myself and say, I'm going to need a little bit more today. And, and the Lord knew that I was because it was quite an active day, but I was just you know, it was almost hard to believe because we've been waiting so long. Y'all heard me talk about it before. I was born in 1973. I've dedicated a lot of my professional work to this issue. I had it as one of my list of goals 25 years ago uh, to overturn Roe versus Wade. And so, I, you know, look, it's uh, and not so much about me, but to live during this time period. I don't know how many people I've heard say over the past three or four days, I never thought I would live to be in uh, to be alive when we would see it happen. And so, so extraordinary that we're during this time period um, and, and to share it with my family too. You know, uh, one of my sons leads a pro-life group at his middle school and, you know, and, and my family is very supportive, all of them on the pro-life issue, but just knowing that there's been so much involvement too with the people that I've been around um, made it that much more special to have those folks and different people to share it with. And you as well, everyone that has supported and prayed and been a part of Texas Values, you can rightly claim that you were a part of making history. You were part of bringing this opportunity to, to have Roe versus Wade overturned. Everything you do to support us with prayer, finances, coming to the Capitol, helping somebody um, be more informed about these issues, staying involved in the election process. So many different things come into this moment where we see this happen. So we want to say thank you, but we want to remind you, we do need your financial support. We are coming under attack. We've had an attack on our website a couple of times. The other side is angry and they want somebody to pay. Some of them want to punish people and they're going to do everything they can to disrupt our ability to be effective. And so we almost, I almost suggest we need you more than we have before, but at least we've gotten to a better position to move forward with this work. You heard me mention the website, sexisheartbeatlaw.com to get those great resources to support women through this process. 
but also consider making a donation to Texas Values at txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization um, in the state of Texas, so your donation will be tax deductible up to the full extent that the IRS allows. We've got a matching grant in place. All donations up to $150,000 are matched. We've got a $2 million budget and about $200,000 left to raise. So please consider that and continue to be in prayer for our entire country um, and state. There are a lot of people haven't thought about this issue before. Some of them may be scared. Some of them may be not sure what to do, but all of that creates an opportunity for God's presence with them and for good information to be a support and reassurance. And so just consider that as you have these conversations about these issues. And if you have questions about these things that we've not answered, please contact our office. Info at txvalues.org is the, web, is the uh, email address, I-N-F-O, info at txvalues.org. And you can continue to help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. Thanks for being us with you today. God bless you and God bless Texas.